1: the more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today, I'm very excited to introduce you to Stacy Brown-Rendell. How are you doing, Stacy? And where are you hanging out right now?
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. And I'm actually in Charlotte and North Carolina.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. It's a pleasure having you here today. Thank you. You're welcome. So Stacey Brown Randell is the multiple award-winning author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast and national speaker. I think your mission statement, as you say on your website, how to generate referrals without asking, without manipulation or feeling inauthentic, is remarkable and very important. So I'm very thankful that I can talk to you today, Stacey.
0: Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I love talking about this topic, so it's one of my favorites.
1: right, shall we dive in?
0: Yes, let's do it. (laughs)
1: Let's do it. So who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face?
0: So my ideal client is actually small business owners and solopreneurs. So solopreneurs, if you've never heard that term for some of your listeners, it's the me, myself, and I, It's the individual business owners, and then, of course, small business owners as well. And I really help focus on business owners who have to build relationships with their clients to do the work that they do. So it's not highly transactional. It's actually usually work that you're going to do with someone where you're going to be with them for a good amount of time, say, maybe. Maybe helping someone get their mortgage or maybe helping someone buy a home, or maybe it's going to be a more of a long-term relationship where you'll be their financial advisor or you'll be their attorney. And so when you're building those relationships, you are uniquely positioned to generate referrals. And I just wanted to provide a way where I could go against all the advice out there that I didn't like for those folks who find themselves in a position where you're building relationships with your clients, with that no like, and trust factor and just helping them understand that, hey, you can go against all the advice you've ever heard about referrals, which is you got to ask for them. You got to compensate for them, or you have to be really promotional and gimmicky to receive them. And you can actually show up in a very authentic way and protect the relationship and do things in a way that honor you and them and still receive referrals.
1: Mm. I love the variety of, for once, but also the clarity about uh, the core of it, the relationships. So I think that's, uh, that's one of the important pieces, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, the philosophy that I stand by and that I have seen work now in my business and in all of the clients, the hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've had the privilege to work with is that we always know this one thing. Referrals come from relationships and relationships are maintained by connection. And so it's our job to create a space in which to do that with consistency, which is always the biggest piece. Um, But yes, the relationship piece is the biggest piece because it is what drives referrals, particularly when you unpack the human dynamic and psychology behind why referrals happen in the first place.
1: Mm, I love it. So, and what are common mistakes, you know, they make when trying to solve that problem?
0: So one of the very first common mistakes that I see people make is that because the advice that you, the predominant advice that to get referrals, you have to ask for them has been around for decades and decades. And I would say even generations of how people have been teaching sales, that it has become that commonplace knowledge of, well, it's just been taught for so long. It must be the only way. And never mind the fact that it doesn't really work, right? It just, it must be this way because it's all we've ever been taught or told. And there are hundreds of books written on it and sales trainers training on it and scripts available of who to ask, how to ask, when to ask. And so there's this mindset that because it's been around for so long, it must be the way to do it. And, you know, I always use the example that when I was a baby and, you know, my mom would put me to sleep, they would, you know, put me to sleep on my stomach. And now when I had children, it was like, no, you put them to sleep on their back. And so from that perspective, like even the things we think are right, or because we've been told for so long that they're right, we allow ourselves to believe them without truly understanding the like the piece behind them. And then will they work for us? The truth is there are people out there. I believe they're in the minority, but there are people out there who love to ask for referrals. I mean, they will stand in line at Starbucks and ask people standing around them for a referral. Like they have no problem asking, but that's a really small minority. And I believe in helping the majority of people who are like, hey, I want referrals as much as the next person but I'm uncomfortable with what I've been taught for decades. And I want to find out, I want to see if there's a different way. And what I spend a lot of time in the beginning, when people are first learning about my work is teaching them that yes, There is a different way. You can generate referrals without asking. You don't have to manipulate the situation. You don't have to compensate. You can honor that relationship and following a system and a process, actually be able to receive the referrals that you deserve. And that's probably the first thing is like the mindset piece. It's like just accepting the fact that, hey, it could look different and that there is a different way to do it. Once we get past that, then there's some tactical things I think that people don't do correctly. But the first big one that I find that people make the mistake in is believing that the advice that's lasted for decades must be the only advice. And if you don't like it, you just kind of ignore referrals. And I think that's really dangerous for business owners to not have a focus on referrals just because they don't like the tactics they're taught. It's why I like to teach different tactics.
1: Mm. Good to know, and thank you for clarifying this. It's a, it's an interesting topic. And so before I ask Stacy, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience here. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Stacy, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that issue?
0: So I always tell folks that the number one thing I want people to do is understand who their existing referral sources are. It's not the most sexiest thing (laughs) that I teach. Like it's some data diving. It's some work within your business. But when people recognize, you know, whether you've been in business for a year or 15 years or more, if you can go back through the last three or four years of data, if you've been in business that long, but just go back about three or four years and pull a list of your clients. and then unpack where those clients came from. So if you're using a client relationship management, some type of CRM tool, right? this may be easy because you've tracked it all those years. And in some cases, this may be a little harder. You may have to try to remember back to where those clients came from and check calendar appointments and email threads and things like that. But if you can go back through and really unpack and uncover kind of where those clients came from, Part of that process will also allow you to understand who your referral sources are. And one of the most powerful and empowering things we can do in our business is know the exact names of our business's biggest asset. People who hand you business and like, here, let me give you a brand new client, right? People who hand you business by dropping a new referred client into your lap. They are your business's biggest asset. They are your list of gold. They are your business's heroes because they help you grow your business in the easiest way possible. And just starting by identifying them. And what I find is that, and it may even be some of your listeners right now, but what I find people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know that. I know because, you know, Harry um, referred me a couple of weeks ago and Sarah referred me. I remember at the beginning of summer and I know who my referral sources are. And I'm always like, go back and look at the data and give me the actual results, not what your memory, right, or anecdotal evidence remind you or what your memory is reminding you right now in the moment, because there's no way you'll know the last couple of years without doing the data dive. And it is so fun to listen to people talk about looking at that list of people. They're like, oh my gosh, I have 12 people that refer people to me and I haven't talked to most of them in over a year, right? And then this is like pre-COVID, like that's not even the excuse anymore that we use, right? But like when you think about that list of the people who refer your business, I always tell folks, that's where you're going to start. The people who've shown a propensity to refer you in the past is who we want to try to cultivate more relationships from in the near future. Now, of course, you're probably going to need more referral sources. And so I teach us in in my program, I teach a process of how to turn clients and contacts into referral sources. But the low hanging fruit, the easiest place to start is people who've already referred you. And most business owners, They cannot tell me how many people are on that list and exactly what their first and last names are. And then they certainly can't tell me the last time they took care of them in a memorable and meaningful way, not just sending their e-newsletter. And so that is the most important piece of advice I could give you is hands down, ultimately what you want to do above all else is know who your referral sources are and unpack that by looking back in your business's data.
1: Wow. This, this is great advice. It's gold, you know, dive deeper and, uh, Get to that point, excellent, I love it. So Stacey, what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that uh, might help with that issue or in a broader sense?
0: Yeah, so I have a great nine question referral ninja quiz where people can find out like, hey, how good am I at actually generating referrals without asking? I mean, some people do it haphazardly and not even realizing it. And so it's always great to kind of just test where you are most people are not going to land at the top level, which is the referral ninja master level. Um, You're probably going to land at a different level. But I always tell folks, before you decide you want to go forth and conquer something or try something or bring a new strategy into your business, it's always great to know where in the heck are you starting from? And this quiz, it's really crazy how nine questions can tell me exactly where you're starting from. And that's what the quiz does. It's nine simple questions. You're going to get your referral ninja level. And There's going to be there's one of three levels and then it's going to show you, Okay, you're a beginner, right? You're in training. Here's what you need to do to close the gaps to get to that master level. And I will go ahead and guarantee you that at the beginner and in training level, it's going to say you need to identify who your referral sources are. And then it will direct to some resources of where to do that. But I unpack that in my book. So in my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, chapter eight is all about how to identify who your referral sources are. But that referral ninja quiz, that is a great place to start to be like, okay, let me just see where I'm starting from. And then I can decide based on my results, if I want to move forward to learn more and to put more and different strategies about referrals into my business. And so that link is just stacybrownrandall.com forward slash quiz. That's one way to get to it or just go to referralquiz.com.
1: Hmm, wonderful. You're just a fountain of resources. So really, yeah,
0: <laughs> we <thank> try.
1: <laughs> no, it's fantastic. So I love it. And it's, uh, you know, who doesn't want to do a quiz? You know, nine questions is this easy and get their own ninja level status. So I, I really love it. So, Stacy, what's the one question I should have asked you uh, that will be of great value for our audience?
0: So, I always tell folks that, well, there are lots of questions, right? Because I could talk about this stuff for hours. But I always find when I get into conversation with folks, there's usually something that's said that it makes me go, wait, do you even know what a referral is? Like, what is the actual definition of a referral? And I think making sure people understand what we're talking about is really important in terms of referral, because unfortunately, we use terms like word-of-mouth buzz and introductions and warm leads, and we use those labels interchangeably with the label of a referral. And those are actually four different types of prospects. And so understanding how a referral is different from word-of-mouth buzz or just an introduction or a warm lead is really looking at the definition of a referral. Because a referral has two things that word of mouth, buzz, introduction, and warm lead are not going to have. And so when we look at breaking down the definition of a referral, number one, there's always a personal connection, which means a referral source, that's the person, Right, who's going to refer you, they always connect you with your prospect, your prospective new client. So you have a referral source. Some people call them referral partners, right? I call them referral sources. So you have a referral source who's like, hey, I know this person has a problem and I'm going to connect them with Stacy." right? So there's always a connection made. In this day and age, it's typically made over email. It can be made over group text or, you know, one day when we're all back in person in a group event, if everyone's present but there's always a personal connection. And then the second thing is that there's always a need identified. In the moment, the prospect, the prospective new client knows they're the one making a buying decision. They are the prospect. They're in buyer mentality mode. They know they need a new attorney. That's why they're willing to be connected to you, right, and referred to you. They know they need a new CPA. They know they need a new financial advisor. They've talked about a problem with somebody, and that person said, I know exactly who you have to talk to. Let me connect you guys together. And so the need is identified in the prospect, and the connection is made to the prospect by the referral source to you. If you're missing one or both of those things, you do not have a referral. More than likely, you have word of mouth buzz, which is like someone saying, hey, Stacey, I was at a networking event the other day and somebody mentioned that they need help with their referrals. I told them all about you. And don't worry, they're going to reach out. Well, we know there's a prospect out there who's interested in referrals, but I don't know who they are because I was never connected to them. So whereas the need may be identified in word of mouth buzz, the connection is never made. So it's just that, word of mouth buzz, not an actual referral. And so you have to have those two pieces to truly recognize when a prospect shows up as a referred prospect, it's because they're being connected to you. And then, of course, that there is a need identified. Now, that's not to say that sometimes someone tells someone about me and that person is all excited and they come and connect themselves. They don't wait on the other person to connect. That's great. That's word of mouth buzz that can flip itself into a referral. But most of the time, we're left waiting for something to happen. But when that connection is made with the need identified, we are in the driver's seat from that point forward. And that's why it's deemed a real referral.
1: I just repeat myself, you know, you had a wonderful fountain of resource <laughs> yeah. clarifying and uh, just explaining so very well what this is all about. And of course we put all the links in the show description that Stacey mentioned on the show. And I think you just mentioned, uh, I think the very important piece of connection And I would uh, use this uh, as a segue into our last question. And it's when was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why?
0: So I have three almost middle schoolers. So I have two boys that are rising eighth graders and one is biological, one is not. One is our nephew that we've had custody of since he was seven. He's now 13 and our son's almost 13. And then our daughter is 11. So I've got, she's a rising sixth grader and two rising eighth graders. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of annoyance towards the parents that happens, right? Because they're not that cute, cuddly age anymore where everything's amazing and we're wonderful. Now they're questioning us and they're starting to question us. And the big one they question us on is our lack of letting them have technology for 15 hours a day in the middle of the summer, because, you know, I'm interested in not rotting their brains, even though they don't care. And so it was actually yesterday, my husband had gone to work. I, uh, my office is actually at the house. It's detached from the house, but it's in the yard. But um, I had not gone into my office. I was sitting at the uh, kitchen table and I was like, no, nah, we're just not getting on technology till this afternoon. And they sat down and they started playing board games together. And I was like, yes this is what happens in those moments when you don't allow them to squirrel away in their rooms and do tech. And you actually have them in, in, you know, really invest themselves into their sibling relationships. There was still just as much bickering about who's cheating and who's not and whatever, but they were doing it together and they were doing it without technology. And it was at that moment that I was like, yeah, I'm a good mom. Like in this moment, I'm a good mom
1: hmm i'm a shiver right now so this is a wonderful <laughs> goosebumps story i love it i love it it's yeah it's it's so fantastic how you can you know have these kind of experiences with your family and you know the memories that uh you know you just shared with us uh you know they will remain forever and uh, this is a wonderful goosebumps moment so thank you stacy for sharing this really beautiful goosebumps moment with, uh, with your loved ones also thank you for our conversation it was a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today
0: well it was my pleasure, thank you very much for having me on
1: my pleasure too so thank you for listening and as always energizing results to you and your loved ones
0: thanks for listening If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.